everyone. Welcome to Her Take. My name is Jackie. I'm Jen. And I'm Kira. A while back, we had an idea to start a podcast. So we thought, why not? We came together to create a space where we could openly share, learn, and grow with each other as we navigate life after college and in the realm of adulthood. Every week, we'll be sitting down to check in with each other and reflect on what's been on our minds. Any topic, big or small, meaningful or not so much, we'll be sharing our take. Thanks for joining us. Let's get into it. everyone welcome back thanks for joining us again we hope you're all doing and feeling well and if you're not we're sending you good vibes um we just want to start off and remind you that it really helps if you subscribe and leave us a rating as we're settling and getting more comfortable with this podcast thing um and also we'd love to connect with you on social media so you can follow us on Instagram at her take podcast and Twitter at her take pod. That's where we're most active and we would love to hear your thoughts and comments and concerns and share with you there as well. Um, we're going to start with our weekly check-in. So this is just the point in the podcast where we like to reflect and connect with each other after our weeks and share how we're doing and feeling physically, mentally, emotionally, all that good stuff. And we're going to start with Jen because Jen off pod has hyped up this most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to her. And honestly, for Jen to say something is the most embarrassing thing to ever happen to her. I think it has to be pretty bad. So <laughs> I'm excited. It, Jen, take it away. It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So I'm feeling mentally good about myself and life's right now. However, I've had a bit of a rough week. I would say I was up really late. Thursday night and had work like a 9 a.m. meeting on Friday so that was kind of tough but Wednesday truly the most embarrassing thing ever happened to me I was at work (laughs) yeah I was at work and I was wearing one of those leopard midi skirts and I was feeling myself feeling so fashionable but the skirt it was the first time I had ever worn it and it was a little clingy and staticky so I felt that I kept like having to pull it off my legs and stuff because I didn't want it clinging to me so day is going fine I leave to go home and so my desk is near the elevator thankfully but um, I do have to go through a row of other desks to get there so I go into the elevator and my friend's like I just want to let you know your skirt is completely ripped up the back so there's a good chance I probably flashed everyone in the office I literally thought about resigning because I'm like I can't show face here everyone has seen everything and I also had to commute home which was horrible um and I was gonna stop in forever 21 and get new pants or new shorts just to go home in but the forever 21 in Union Square doesn't uh they don't have a fitting room, which was weird. So right then and there, I just thought, I'm just going to twist my skirt sideways. And if it's ripped up mm. the side, that's not as bad. I do think the rip wasn't as bad as I thought it was. 
Okay. Um, but I'm still pretty mortified. I don't think anyone really saw it, though, because I brought it up to a few people, and they were like, honestly, like, I didn't see anything. So, when but if someone did see it, I don't even want to know. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it was, like, when I got up to go to the elevator and, like, my skirt was clinging to me, so I just, like, pulled it and, like, uh. pulled it too much. I don't know. I don't know how long it was there for. I didn't feel it. I mean, it was mostly ripped up, up to my legs and my lower butt area so it wasn't my entire butt but Mm -hmm. still not great and I'm also really upset because I liked that skirt so yeah R.I.P. to the skirt what underwear situation did you have oh I was wearing a thong so also not great yeah boy is right yeah yeah so okay that wasn't I you know (laughs) that could have gone many ways I wasn't sure where that story was gonna go um not the worst thing ever I don't think you need to resign, but pretty embarrassing. (laughs) It's pretty embarrassing because it happened at work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But. And it's. Yikes. I'm still recovering. That's like a OG nightmare dreams that people have, you know, being on stage in your underwear or something. I'm just a mess. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, good. But the good thing is, yesterday, Jackie and I got dinner with her friend, yeah. Becca, who yeah, um, is currently in Boston. <laughs> yeah, she's currently in Boston um, pursuing her yeah. PhD, but she was home for the weekend, so it was good to catch up with her and see how she was doing and just have a little girls' night. So oh, I love it. That was fun. She's was all good. a good end to the week. Mm-hmm. Becca's great. As she's doing usual. great. She's thriving. Yeah. I love she's her. She's thriving. We love Becca. Shout out to Becca. Yeah. Yeah. And we know she listens. (laughs) True. Well, how was uh, your guys' week? Any exciting things going on? Yeah, Jackie, what's new with you? Um, you know, it's been, it's been one of those weeks where, like, everything at work is fine. Mm -hmm. It just sort of feels like no matter how much you do, you're still behind on everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like most of the marketing and business development at work. It's like a pretty small consulting firm. Mm. So I just feel like there's a lot. It's like a very busy month. Like I didn't Mm. anticipate September to be so busy. Um, And it just like, it's one, it was like, oh my God, by Friday, I was completely just like, I had no energy. I was not very productive. And it was just one of those weeks. I'm excited to hopefully this week be more efficient just to get things moving I'm hoping it'll be a better week like it like work was fine it wasn't like demoralizing but you know it just it was just like very low energy mm. it was kind of like a weird week but it was a good mm-hmm. weekend I well I was at dinner last night with Jen and our friends and and I actually did hear the story last night about the skirt and oh, I forgot okay. that I did for a minute I know I got a sneak preview and I forgot for a minute when I was looking at the notes I was like what is Jen's embarrassing story like I wonder what it's gonna be and then I was like oh I already know this but so sorry <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and then I also went um I had like a nice day with my mom we went to we went to breakfast we went to a farmer's market which oh she was gosh. very into but she doesn't normally go yeah it was lovely and we went to the mall which i haven't been to a mall in years at least two years i have not been to a mall yeah so it was kind of yeah it was interesting um yeah it was uh, it was a good week overall that's great and you kira yeah Mm -hmm. um so for me i've been very up and down the past like three weeks i feel like i kind of hinted like how many times did i say i was sad on the last episode like um 
but I just feel like my emotions have been very all over the place and I think it started like around Labor Day just feeling very because it was a long weekend and I didn't really have any plans and typically there would be a time where I'd do something in Boston with all my friends um so just feeling kind of lonely um I've wanted to like quit my job multiple times <laughs> I think that's just like being over dramatic and exhausted midweek and cried on various forms of public transportation I don't know why public transportation is my safe space but it is I've, I <laughs> cried like every Wednesday night coming back on the subway which is like definitely people are like what is wrong with this girl um I've so done yeah. it before it's fine yeah I'm like it's whatever leave me alone um so yeah I just have felt very up and down it's like kind of a weird lonely feeling because it's like I'm meeting a lot of people and surrounded by people but they're not like my deep connected friends so it's that kind of loneliness where you're not alone but you still feel lonely um Mm -hmm. and then just like I mean I kind of didn't necessarily expect to like my job so that's not totally shocking but I think I thought like oh I'll be in California and it'll be totally fine who it won't matter that I don't like my job but actually takes over like 95% of your life and I'm there all the time and it's totally draining to not like your job so it actually is kind of a problem but I think this week I was starting to come out of it a bit more positively um, especially with the job too I felt more appreciative that of what I don't like about my job because I'm like okay like maybe I have to stick it out for a year but I have a better understanding of what I want to do and where I want to go and what about this I don't like that I don't want from a future job um, which is a great lesson in and of itself and my cousin I was speaking to my cousin about it this week and she was like even if you just take resilience from this that's beneficial and I I liked that word resilience Um, but yeah I just felt very like a little overwhelmed and I'm constantly like go 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 rushing to work rushing at work to get everything done um and just kind of too much at once so my mantra this week has been pour into yourself because I feel like I'm gonna burn out if this is how it's gonna be you know up until the end of the year so I have to really try to work on recharging myself because I'm not gonna be able to perform and properly at work and make connections with new people if I'm not recharging. Also, on a similar note, I realized that Friday was the harvest moon, and so it's a full moon in Pisces, which means it's a huge culmination of a lot of emotions, which is exactly what I'd been feeling. I was like, ugh, the universe, it just makes so much sense once I find that out. So it is a good time to for everyone listening, it's a good time to reflect on the past month and what brought you to the present, letting go of what no longer serves you and making space for new things coming um, because Pisces is all about emotions. So that I think is why, I mean, a lot of things have been going on, but I think that's why I feel my emotions have been all over the place. It's all been building up to this full moon on Friday. So hopefully we're heading forward a bit more calming getting settled a bit more in all these emotions um yeah we'll see i don't know constant 
ups and downs, but I think I was a bit self-absorbed and actually everybody goes through these emotions. I was a bit like, I'm just so sad. Why'd I do this? Upset about my ACL too still. So, but everybody has similar feelings. I think the first year out of college. Mm -hmm. I think also you are completely starting a new life and moved across the country and Mm -hmm. you're starting a new job and you have to make new friends so Mm -hmm. I think it probably has to do with all of those factors coming into one making you feel a little down but I'm hopeful that you will assimilate in the next few months and you're gonna find your people and maybe once you get a little bit more used to work it'll be a little less overwhelming and more enjoyable hopefully But the other thing to realize is that we're so young and the job that you have now is more than likely not going to be the job you have even next year. So I think that's one bit of optimism for you. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm very aware that this is only like a temporary thing. I'm like, I'm going to come out of this stronger. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely growing even if I don't see or feel it right now. Like, in a few months, I'll be very appreciative of everything I'm going through. Um, I actually started because of all my tears on public transportation. I started writing down how I'm feeling, and I've never been much of a journaler. I always wanted to be someone who journals, but it, it's never been something I stick with. Uh, but just having like notes in my phone where I'm writing down just like a stream of thoughts. It's nothing formal. It's just like. I feel this, I feel this. Um, And then the next day going back and rereading those and just seeing how like it goes from low and then I bring it to a more positive as well being like, but I'm hopeful because I know coming out of this, it'll be better. Um, Mm -hmm. And so for me personally, if anybody else has been feeling this way, I think that has kind of been a good form of therapy for me right now. Um, Because again, I've never been much of a writer, but it's just kind of helped calm me down and help me work through my emotions because a lot of times I just feel overwhelmed and I'm like not sure what I'm experiencing and then having these notes where I'm writing it down I'm like okay I'm able to kind of bring it down and because I'm me I'm like oh one day this is totally going to be a great book (laughs) (laughs) love that love it yeah yeah I mean I think that's sorry go go ahead Jackie no just one thing I mean I think that's you know the first year out of college, your first mm-hmm. job, it's never going to be like I really felt that last year in my job that I was like not happy and mm-hmm. things were not good. And yeah. like ultimately, like the situation that like my work environment got better and like now I'm like not yeah. miserable like at my job. But I think like that feeling of like there's just something where <sighs> trying to stick it out as much you can, I think, is important to gain experience and Mm -hmm. you know ultimately like doing something this experience ultimately shows you like the kind of environment that you don't want to work in or Mm. the kind of job that you don't want to have like I really Mm -hmm. thought Mm -hmm. I wanted to be an attorney (laughs) Mm. thought I wanted to go to law school or I mean I think maybe I was lying to myself that I wanted to do these things but you know working where I worked for those first few months I mean I'm still at the same job but I realized that I don't want to go to law school I don't want to do these things And, like, I think that's, like, so important. So, like, while it's, like, hard now and, like, not to, like, be like, oh, it'll get better. So, like, let's, I'm not trying to minimalize, like, what you're experiencing now. But I think, like, 
these sort of like difficult situations like are ultimately like important like in the long run like it's hard now mm-hmm. but i think it just i think it's important for growth and i think no i i totally to figure agree things out it gives you clarity yeah yeah mm-hmm. I, one of my thoughts the past week too has been like oh it builds character like <laughs> being sad and going through these helps build character and adds to your story I think it is just like right. I am aware that it gets better and speaking to you and so many other people who have been through that first year out of college and gone through similar things it's like you know that after a few months it starts to get better and after a year and you're just constantly like every day gets better and better I think it's the day-to-day that's like really hard to go through I also feel like I try to rush the process as well because I'm like I have a vision of where I want to be and I know what kind of life I want to cultivate and I'm not there yet and so that gets frustrating but I have to slow down and be patient and conscious that it's all gonna work out it's just hard to remember that in the day-to-day when you're frustrated and down but you're totally right you know like it all gets better and I feel grateful that I do have a good work environment and and what it's about for me is more just it's a very honestly privileged position to be in to be like oh I don't find my work fulfilling and that's why I don't like it and I feel like I don't have I'm not in a position where I have to stay in a job just for money I mean I do have to stay in a job for money but I have the privilege of thinking about other careers that would be more fulfilling um and so that's where I'm frustrated but I am very lucky to be in a work environment that is safe and respected and I'm I'm making money and I live in a great city so overall on paper everything should be good it's just like can't control your emotions and I have to acknowledge Mm -hmm. that my feelings are valid even though I feel bad complaining no they are valid yeah they're they're yeah yes (laughs) yeah I think it's also hard when you feel like because on paper your life should be yeah whatever it is you're in this great city you have a good job all of these things and you feel like you should be happier than you are it almost Mm -hmm. is this positive feedback loop of negative feelings if that makes sense yeah no Um, i think that's really important you feel like you should be happier than you are and that makes you more upset that you're not as happy Um, yeah because i've definitely gone through that before and it's tough but something that i always keep in mind is there is no highs without lows and i think everybody Mm -hmm. goes through bouts of like not feeling the best and you always come out of it eventually it just might take True. some time yeah it's definitely easy to get like wrapped so. up in the negativity mm-hmm. and again it's important to acknowledge those feelings but you do have to pull yourself out of that a little bit um to move yeah. forward positively and yeah remember mm-hmm. it always gets better can't appreciate the highs without the lows mm-hmm <laughs> More cheesy Tumblr quotes from her take. We love it. <laughs> we'll add that to the Instagram. Yeah. You can't appreciate the highs without the lows. on to our weekly news wrap-up i think we should do it so this is the point in the pod where 
we just want to give a little dose of news for the week, put our little input on what's been going on in the world. And this week, we had the third Democratic debates. So, I mean, I, I don't think too much came out of the debates. I think I'm more interested in, like, do we even need debates anymore? Like, this is just kind of a long, drawn-out, confusing, overwhelming situation, and I can't imagine many Americans get much from watching these debates. Um, but yeah, guys, let me know your thoughts, and also just want to add, great debate for Obama. <laughs> it really was, yeah. Um, I mean, I think, so, it's, you know, I think it's just such a crowded field, so just yeah. to read off the names... Biden, Warren, uh, so Biden, Warren, Bernie, Kamala, Yang, Castro, Klobuchar, Booker, Buttigieg, and Beto. I don't think I left anyone out. Nope. Booker? Did I say Booker? I yeah, don't you know did. if I yes. said Booker. I did. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot of people. I, I like how you call Kamala point, Kamala and not Harris. Kamala. I, She's I Kamala. No calls her Harris. She's our girl. Yeah. She's Kamala girl. 2020. Kamala. Yeah. yeah. Well, Bernie, I don't know. First name basis. I, we'll see how long she's our girl for because it, her, Kamala's Ugh. dealing with a slow fade right now. She is. It's uh, really from sad. the top tier. So, I, I mean, I think when you have this many candidates and, you know, there's so many other candidates that didn't qualify. Mm-hmm. Bill de Blasio, who should not even be running, but he still Ugh. is. Um, Gross. <laughs> like, for example, I think this debate you know it didn't like change anything drastically like biden is you know the still the front runner warren is you know getting warren and bernie they're they're the top three i mean i think that's what's happening you know obviously andrew yang's like we're like why is he here um yeah i mean like how do i put this you know the the debate didn't change much i don't think like anyone is doing like is gonna be doing like spectacularly better because of the debate but I think we still need to hear with such a credit field like we need to hear the candidates all together mm-hmm. and I mean I think it was I mean I think it was interesting it was I mean there's just so much that happened so I, I don't know I'd like to hear your guys thoughts as well because yeah. I, I have like four pages of notes um, oh boy. as oh I was re-watching this yeah I, well I love it it was th- almost it was over two and a half hours it was a lot well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Is it's kind of overwhelming to diagnose, uh, diagnose yeah. what to digest I mean, this information yeah. and diagnose <laughs> right. um, the information when it's me, coming at you in one minute installments. You know, from each candidate going all around, all yelling at each other. I think it's hard to take that all in. Sorry, Jen. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, that's okay. No, I completely agree with Jackie. And for me, I always go into the debates a little hopeful that it will provide some clarity for me. Um, which mm-hmm. candidate I want to support but I end up just becoming a little bit more confused because I don't feel like right. a lot of them really get to specifically what their plans are they're all very generally speaking about their plans and a lot of them are kind of saying the same things as well mm-hmm. so how am I really supposed to be choose between two people that are pretty much running on the same type of campaign so that's been difficult for me um, and the other point I wanted to make was I think it's no secret that Joe Biden is likely going to be the Democratic nom. If not him, then either Bernie or Elizabeth Warren. But um, something that I've noticed just from watching the debate was I felt like many of his ideas were not that original. I felt like he's just kind of milking on Obama's successes and what Obama has already done and expanding Mm -hmm. upon things that have already been put in place 
and rather than really coming up with anything original. And I think that's going to end up hurting him in the end because he's talking about, well, Obama did this and it was great and I'm just basically going to do what he did. But where's well, the original thought? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree. I do think he is tagging on what Obama did. Um, and if you look at how Hillary ran, a lot of people didn't vote for Hillary because they thought they were just getting more Obama. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I think with Biden, it's a bit different because he does have a lot of support from black voters in general. So for whatever reason, people seem to align Biden more positively with Obama than they did Hillary. I do think he's going off of Obama, but I think it's because it's working. I think it's what's getting him support. Yeah, I think it just I- worries me a little bit that somebody who is running for president is not really coming up with anything revolutionary, so to speak. Well, he's, you know, the more moderate candidate, and that's what's, I think that's why he does have the Democratic nomination and probably a better shot at winning, uh, this might be scandalous to say, but a better shot at winning the election against Trump than Bernie or Warren would have, because he's Mm -hmm. more in the middle. Yeah, he's definitely more moderate. Yeah, I think with Biden, I think with Biden, the thing is, is, um, well, I, I do, first of all, although I thought that Julian Castro was sort of petty, which I thought was a weird approach to go, because he was like, like, Biden, do you forget, like, what you said two minutes ago? I was like, okay, we know the guy's old, and we'll talk about that later, but I don't know if that's the way to go about being like you're old. Um, but, I, I mean, I think, like, there are legitimate criticisms that, like, you know, Biden will take credit for being Obama's VP when it suits him. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when there are criticisms against the Obama administration, like, you know, the Obama administration did deport like 3 million people in, you know, those Mm -hmm. eight years, which is a lot. It's, I think, I don't know, I should look up numbers, but it's, you know, he didn't really have a good answer for when he was asked that question by Jorge Ramos, which like shout out, amazing that he was there. I just was really happy to see him. Um, But so I think with Biden, there are legitimate criticisms that, you know, he's sort of taking credit for, you know, when it suits him to have been Obama's VP. But at the same time, it's, you know, that was eight years of his career, plus like the time that they were on the campaign. So, you know, he's going to have a lot to say about being VP and being Obama's VP because it was such a, you know, a large chunk of his career. And what career. they accomplished together. Um, like, he was part of those accomplishments. And yeah, and what they accomplished And those downfalls. What, what I, I will say that, uh, that Biden sort of brought the healthcare debate back to the table in terms Yo. of, like, having yeah. Medicare for all, but having that private option, because, like, what, Bor- what uh, Bernie and Warren have been proposing was Medicare for all with no private option, so it's just mm-hmm. a public option. And I think that's sort of, like, him coming forward with that plan saying kind medicare big. for all like he wants to like attack like sort of tack on yeah to like what obamacare has already done mm-hmm. i think that's sort of significant that he sort of has managed to like bring the conversation back to that and like you know like quite frankly like elizabeth warren didn't really give a good answer when she was like when biden asked her how are we going to pay for this she would not seem like she taxes. floundered so yeah she wouldn't so she sort of floundered on that which i didn't think was a great moment to sort of be like I don't know, like, her. I don't know, yeah. not that I don't know, I don't want to say anything, so I think... Kind of rare for her. I mean, I, yeah, 
Yeah, because, I mean, I feel like for most of the night, she was very, like, her answers were... Usually she's very she, clear. She had a lot of... Well. Yeah. I think she did for most of the night. She had a lot of clarity, and, and she sounded like she had a plan, and she had... She's like, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. But I think, in terms of healthcare, it was not as strong. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's lots to unpack, but... Mm-hmm. Interestingly, I follow Bernie on Twitter, and... He had tweeted what was the most absurd medical bill that you've ever gotten. And I was reading through the thread and it was astounding to see some of the things that people had to pay for. Um, I know it's been talked about in the debates and outside of the debates how ridiculous medical care costs out of pocket when you do um, when you have like a health emergency or something like that. But just reading the stories on Twitter, I was like, oh, we just need to do something about this. And I actually agree that uh, Joe Biden's plan is in my, oh, sorry, in my opinion, I think that that's probably the one that I agree with most. But I'm glad that, you know, he pointed out how different uh, Bernie and Elizabeth Warren's plans are Mm. from his but he did get some backlash from was it Julian Castro saying you have to buy in versus mm-hmm. opt in. Yeah, yeah, I don't actually remember what he said initially. Um, I don't know if he said buy in or opt in. I, feel like I don't remember either. I don't know. I don't remember. I actually personally would not have taken Castro's comments as an attack on his age if it wasn't for the fact that the audience reacted the way that they reacted. Like, I think he could have said that to any other candidate and it would have just been a, dude, come on. But because of Biden's age, everyone's reacting that way. I don't, like, I don't think he intended, in my opinion, I don't think it seemed Castro intended to go after his age. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think the crowd... I mean, I did take it as an attack on the age. Although, I mean, I think it's still a valid concern. Like, it's, I don't know. I just, I think, like, we need to consider Biden's age because he's 76. And, oh, yeah. Hundo. Like, he, he wants to be president, presumably, for two terms. So he'll be 84 when he gets out of office or 85. Although I just thought I did take it as an attack. I just thought it was a weird way to be, like, you're old. Um, yeah. I, I did. I, I, that's how, I mean, maybe he didn't mean it, but I have a feeling he probably did. Um, yeah, I think it's a legitimate concern, but Trump's yeah. pretty old, too. Oh, oh yeah. Don't yeah, even 100%. get me started. Yeah. He's, like, 71 or 72, which isn't, like, that old, but for, like, presidents, like... like right. It's, no, it's not old. It's just, like... Yeah. yeah. The thing that drives me crazy about Biden is anytime someone comes after him, he does this, like, laugh look around where he's like, this guy, can you believe... <laughs> He does, yeah. I'm just like, Joe, just answer the question. We can believe. Just, come on, deal with it. I hate how he does that very, like, what's the right word? Like, not pretentious, but very, um... Smug. There's, like, an arrogance to it. Arrogance, yeah. He's like, like, me? What? He's like, I'm VP. Don't come for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think another point to make is these debates have increasingly just become everybody against Biden. And I think... Again, it's no secret that he is the front runner. So everybody mm-hmm. feels that they need to defend themselves against him and attack him directly, whether that's a more legitimate attack versus an attack on his age. It's almost like bullies in high school. I feel like you're threatened by someone, so you take cheap shots at them. I think that's been kind of funny how mm, our politics. politicians are succumbing to that. But I guess that's politics. That's politics. It's yeah. always been I mean, like I that. I guess that's what... 
it's sort of like since he's the front runner, he's gonna get that. It's sort of like how I think like you can sort of tell that like the candidates don't really find like Beto a threat because they're all like Beto, you're amazing. Like after El Paso, <laughs> like amazing. Like just sort yeah. of like how you can tell. And like we'll get to that. Like I think, but it just sort of yeah, that's how you know that obviously like he's like the front runner. But um, I was gonna ask you guys like what you thought about the like what like what your thoughts are on like everyone sort of like attacking Trump like if if you think it's like because like obviously like I think Kamala like did that a lot like her opening statement she's like I know you're watching Trump like this is to you and like I think pretty much all the candidates like commented commented like on the president but I just wonder like what you guys think if it's like too much too soon like we're still in the primary so like let's deal with that more in the general because I think that was it sort of varied like the amount that they criticized the president from candidate to candidate I don't think it's too much too soon um I think that honestly they've a lot of these people have been saying things against Trump for a while now just doing it on a more national stage I think is actually commendable in my eyes I was glad the people did not shy away from calling him a white supremacist and a racist because that's what he is and i actually thought that it was very powerful especially with kamala um are you feeding into trump then going back and being petty on twitter probably but i enjoyed it personally i mean at the end of the day the democratic nom is going to have to beat trump so calling him out for his bs that's what you got to do So, actually, for me, I disagree a little bit. I would like a little less Trump talk on these stages at this time, Um, just because everything is very Trump, Trump, Trump in media and everything. I'm not saying I disagree with anything that they said. I'm just saying, uh, at this point, uh, on this stage, I don't really want to hear you just bringing up Trump and attacking him because that sounds a bit like a media bite to me. Um, Trump's going to get... You're also enticing him and asking him to... Like, Kamala's a bit asking him to talk about her and tweet about her. Uh, So, for me, I don't mind that they bring him up, but if you're asking me if I would prefer that they didn't, yeah, I, I think a little less bringing up Trump and talking about him you're going to have to at some point because he is the current president. But I think something I've been thinking about going forward in this race is the media I consume and what I click on and everything. Because partially why Trump won in 2016 is the media attention he got. And so some of this I don't want to give them the clicks and bring attention to. Uh, You know, you think about what happened with the hurricane drawing on the map thing. And then you have, because it did so well in the media, the Trump campaign is selling Sharpies. Like, that kind of BS is not what I want to support. So, consuming media that I'm still getting the information that I need to get, but I'm not uh, participating in, what's the right word, like, media hype BS? (laughs) I don't know the right phrase for that. So, some of that on the debate stage to me comes across as just trying to get some media kind of poke the bear with Trump a little bit in my opinion Mm -hmm. 
I think with Trump, though, he's gonna get the media attention on his own. He does stupid shit on his own that he doesn't need the people um, to really help No, they're trying to get the media attention. Not they're giving him. I think that's honestly a good strategy. Well, think about it this way. Kamala was trending the night of the Democratic debate, and I think it's important as a candidate that you are getting media buzz. That's how you win. No, that's true. So I, mean, I actually think it was is, a smart strategy in that sense. Yeah. Well, she did really well and got a lot of media attention the last debate. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of died down. So you do have to think about why she got so much attention right after and then it was gone. So kind of maintaining that attention and making a positive forward momentum. Um, right. The last time it was for her comments about, yeah, that girl was me that whole thing that she had with biden mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so no i, yeah, do think and that's I don't think true. she like, had a do... moment like that no she didn't. she didn't have a moment like that on she thursday so no yeah i still think yeah, she I mean, comes I... across so well i would love to oh, see I her. her i don't love think her. she's gonna get the nom but i would no. love to no, see no, her yeah, as a vice won't. president i honestly would i think she'd be a great vice president that's my I agree. opinion but i agree yeah no i'm huge i'm big on kamala she just isn't performing well in the polls mm, yeah. uh, the polls i mean she hasn't been able yes. to answer about her record her prosecutorial record so i think like she hasn't had a good answer about that yeah that's mm-hmm. true um, i think that's like, why people don't really trust her yeah but if it's a man forget right. about it it's fine if they have a sketchy record i'm just saying <laughs> yeah they yeah. all have sketchy records okay yeah exactly They're politicians <laughs> yeah yeah can yeah. exactly. we talk about cory booker being a vegan yeah. I mean, that's the only thing that matters from this debate is Cory Booker's vegan. I had only no idea. Thing that matters. I had no idea. Did you know? You had no idea no, either. Okay. I had no idea. I yeah. And he's dating well, uh, Rosario Dawson. So yeah, no, the man is winning. Rosario. That's the that that's the first lady I want. You know. I think you said Rose. <laughs> Rose. I, no, I said okay. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> I heard maybe my connection's bad. I heard Rose. <laughs> Blame it on the connection. So regardless, hot couple and vegan. Hot couple and he's vegan. Very exciting. But the question was weird AF. That yeah, I'm like, excuse me, this is a weird (laughs) way of saying not eat meat. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, this is a weird way of saying that the meat industry is negatively affecting our environment, and they have a lot of power over environmental and government organizations, and we should do something about food access and food education. It was weird to be like, mm-hmm. should everybody be vegan? I'm like, people are very, that's just asking to piss people off, because people are very sensitive about what they eat. He's never going to be like, yeah, everyone should be vegan, even if he does yeah, feel that way. Because Texans, like. Yeah, I just thought that question was so weird. I mean, this is a topic that I'm extremely passionate about, food access and food education. This and waste management are two things that I think are huge in our country and internationally that are not addressed on the political stage because most of the focus is on also important issues such as gun violence. But you Mm -hmm. never hear people talking about animal agriculture and sustainable agriculture and the fact that we're running out of landfill space in America and what we're going to do about waste management. Um, Mm -hmm. They didn't talk about that, but I'm just saying these are issues that I really care about and I think that the president should address and talk about. 
So it's like super exciting that they're t- like somebody said vegan on national television at the Democratic debates. Like, hello, happy 2019. <laughs> but the matter that it was brought up was like, what? Just very odd. It, it, mm-hmm. I think it's just because it was such a, it was such, you know, it's such a personal question, although like it's tied to like a larger issue. Mm-hmm. But like, being vegan is a personal choice and I don't know that like nobody else is like asked about like what is like your personal yeah like lifestyle Do you think choice? everybody should be paleo <laughs> yeah yeah I don't so know it's it, really yeah, odd it was just bizarre but definitely up to yeah, Corey and my been, like Corey as a vegan yeah I was right, saying circling I, back I to your point Kira thing. I think I think that um the idea that people don't really talk about food sustainability and the agricultural problems that are contributing to climate change, I think, honestly, it's unfortunate, but not a lot of people are educated on that. I only know Mm -hmm. so much from other people who are vegan and vegetarian and doing a little of my own research, but it's not something that is really discussed in mainstream media as much. And it's not something that's really discussed in school either. And I think that hopefully that changes quickly because it needs to be addressed sooner rather than later. I mean, personally, I try to limit um, my red meat intake because I know that um, that is contributing to the environment more so than things like chicken. But yeah, I just think that that's something that people need to kind of be like, okay, this is an issue. Let's talk about this. But should everyone be vegan? No. That's difficult to ask somebody. Yeah, difficult to ask somebody. And yeah, I agree. I'd love to, you know, spend more of my time devoted to figuring out how we can improve food education in America and food access. Um, But Mm -hmm. that wasn't the way to address that topic. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's time to wrap up some of our our little news dose here. If anybody Mm -hmm. has any final remarks on the debates i think overall uh nothing too wild but we need to get to the point where we're narrowing down who we're supporting completely agreed i'm looking forward to it being narrowed down because i'm just confused at this point yeah Mm -hmm. i would love a vegan president that's all i'm gonna say stricter qualifications for the next debate so there's less people on stage also yeah right Guys, I saw there are nine more debates. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a bit too much. They're like, uh, I I think think it's great. We need to, I think people need to get there. Like, I think, you know, I think the debates, like, you know, I mean, it just shows that there's so much infighting and disagreement. But I think, like, we need the candidates to sort of, like, go at each other to. Like I just want to change the they're format. They're like held accountable. Yeah, mm. I mean, yeah, it's like a lot of people, but too many. I mean, I think like I think I think the American people deserve debates, deserve democracy at work. Yes, so that. No, I, so I, I, yeah, I like debates. debates. I just want to change the format so that it's easier to figure out what's happening and distinguish between the candidates. Mm-hmm. Agreed. In my opinion, and hopefully the field people will drop and like the field will narrow itself naturally just sort of on its own by the next one Mm. death o
guys, it's time for our hot take. This is the point where we transition from our more intense news to the news that really matters, which is the pop culture. Let's be real. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Jackie, do you want to start with your hot take of the I, week? Uh, yeah, I uh, I do. Thank you so much. Um, You're so welcome. Big news, guys. <laughs> um, the Downton Abbey movie is premiering this week on September 20th. So I don't think you guys, neither of you have seen Downton Abbey, which is disappointing. I'm not. I'm um, sorry. It's sorry. sort of the greatest show of all time. It's sort of like, for me, like my top is like Downton Abbey, The West Wing, like Game of Thrones, but not the last season. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, like a couple more probably, but... I'm really excited. You do have good taste, and uh, yeah. I just, I, I, I have a fantastic taste, and I just like love. <laughs> I just, I think Downton Abbey is so, like, I just love watching these posh people like drink tea, and like, you know, I, I just like. There's a phrase used in the show. Lord Grantham literally at one point says, "Golly gumdrops," and I just that's the kind of television I'm here for. That's the content, and you need. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, call it gumdrops. It's just, and I love Maggie Smith. So I'm very excited. I'm going to go watch it probably by myself because I don't know anyone else that wants to see the Downton Abbey movie. So I'll probably go by myself, but I can't wait. Do you um, need to watch so, the show uh, to follow the movie or? I, I mean, probably not, but there's the show itself. Well, I mean, I guess it depends, like, what they talk about in the show, but there are some characters on Downton that die, like, in the sh- in the, oh. sh- in the series. So mm-hmm. I think, like, if you, like, yeah, actually, some things, like, won't make sense. And it's, like, very, they're, like, big, crazy moments on Downton. Like, Downton mm-hmm. is sort of, like, pace where it's, like, it's a slow build. It's sort of, like, things happen. And, you know, because it's life, it's, like, it's about, like, life upstairs and downstairs, like, in this, like, great british house so mm-hmm. it's sort of like a slow build and a slow burn and people like upstairs like live this really like just like pleasant and gentle life and people downstairs like it's their lives are awful mm-hmm. i mean downton is like mo- a more romantic version of it like the like the uh like the lords of the house like treat their people better than they probably were actually treated but mm-hmm. i mean i think like it's a slow burn so like when things do happen they're incredibly it's shocking and burn. it's really heart-wrenching yeah so i just tried to I sing mean, casey think... musgraves for you <laughs> <laughs> so i think there there are huge moments that happen in the show that like if you don't watch the show before it's only six seasons so it's actually not that bad like they really like kept it like tight clean like we're gonna do six seasons and like it, it was they were all good so i mean i've been telling you for years sense. i'll watch so i suck please watch suck. oh my god well don't you watch the west wing now so i told you watch the west wing so that's fine like the west wing is fantastic yeah um, well you and elaine had been telling me to watch the west wing for years yeah actually it's sort of interesting because julian fellows the creator of downton abbey and the writer actually use the West Wing as a model for Downton Abbey because it has such mm. a large ensemble cast mm. and like British like I don't really know like but apparently like according to him like not a lot of British television had such a large ensemble cast that had so many different storylines going on that don't nece- that they don't always intersect like sometimes they do Didn't Grey's Anatomy take inspo from West Wing as well like I, I'm pretty I probably feel like West Wing has transformed television in that sense it really has they were it, the first it, I think to kind of do that 
I think the West Wing helped bring in the golden age of television because television was really considered to be I agree. very lowbrow. No yeah. one, you know, if you were a film actor, you wouldn't dare to do TV because right. you're like, why am I going to do a TV show? So I think... If you think about so TV that's actually nowadays, sort of interesting. Whoa. Like, I feel like the it, late 90s really, really transformed television. Yeah. And now, if you look at the TV that's coming out nowadays and the Emmys and Oscars and whatnot, not Emmy, not Oscars, sorry, Golden Globes, uh, TV mm-hmm. is producing some incredible work. And you have... These shows mm-hmm. are just short movies. I mean, they're really yeah. just... Big Little Lies, that cast, and on a yes. television platform, mm. it's just yeah. very... TV nowadays is just very impressive. Yeah. Loved so like, I think Little Eyes, if any of you guys saw that. I loved it. I watched I'm the entire second the season in a day. So good. Yeah. Um, so I think Downton, that's actually sort of like an interesting, I, I mean, I think Downton is just sort of, has like taken like all of the best from the West Wing and has incorporated like everything I love about a good British drama. So it's mm-hmm. great. It's it. also like incredibly well acted. Like Maggie Smith is on the show. Like she's in the movie as well. She's Gotta fantastic. Like the writing is excellent. The the cinematography is excellent. Like it's a it's just also objectively like a very good show. Oh so no, it always should watch. Did well Can't wait to watch season. the movie. Yeah, yeah, it um, really, yeah. So on a quick little similar note, to interrupt yeah. and insert one of my hot takes, I would just like to point out that the gender pay, da- pay gap is alive and well after Adele Lim from Crazy Rich Asians announced that she will not be part of the sequel because she is making or was offered an eighth of what her male writing partner was offered. Um, so that's my pop culture that I'm a bit frustrated with this week. Um, she's also yeah, we can Asian definitely- herself, so right. I don't understand why I- they think her voice is not important to add to the story. Mm-hmm. I think that um, we can have like a whole podcast topic on this, but on it's just gender pay gap. Honestly, yeah. it's too much. Oh, to yeah. It's just mm-hmm. unbelievable at this day and age that people think they can get away with that. One eighth? Completely. One eighth. And One I just eighth. think it's very Crazy. impressive, though, that she walked away. That was my main takeaway from the situation in the Good news this week is that she had the. I mean, you know, it's not like she is somebody who has a ton of other things to fall back on because of who who she is. I mean, this was crazy rich agents was one of the highest performing movies of the year. Was it 2017 or 2018? Um, and even so last year, she wasn't able to get paid what she deserved. And she was like, I'm going to walk away because this is not a message I want to send to other women. Like, if I can't get the money that I deserve and the job that I deserve, what does that say about other women? I have to walk away. And then, you know, you get put, yeah, you get this out in the news, and that's how we spread the message, that, and we continue to let studios know that this is not okay, and we are not going to support um, not treating women equally. Maybe the male writing co-star has more of a resume and does have more experience and should get paid more but not eight times more mm-hmm. you know and also like open the door for the reason he has more experience is most likely because he's a male open the door for more women to have that opportunity to get that experience because they're just as capable we just don't give them the opportunity yeah. to build their resume in that way yeah. all right yeah right. thank you I, yeah. I also think are dominated was- by men 
fact. Yeah. I also think it's interesting that A, this is not bigger news because I am just pretty much hearing about this now. Mm. But B, you know, you have Crazy Rich Asians, which got so much attention for the fact that they had a completely Asian cast and Asian Mm -hmm. writers and directors and it was praised for that and Mm -hmm. now they have this issue so it just seems like it's almost impossible to have everything the full package how do you um, pay women and men equally and have a diverse cast I don't know it's really upsetting to me but yeah Yeah. let's hope that things Um, are turning around yeah, a quick little um, s- sentence from the Hollywood Reporter article about it was that they feel women and people of color are often regarded as, quote, soy sauce, hired to sprinkle culturally, culturally specific details on a screenplay rather than credited with the s- substantive work of crafting the story, um, which is... Oh my gosh, that was horrible. Well... Oh. Yeah, I think you guys are affected by the fact that they use the phrase soy sauce, but I think the more point of that is that it is right. true that women and people of color are not, you yeah. know, you want them to be a part of it, and they're trying to use the whole, like, oh, look, we got a woman on the cover, we got a woman leading the role, but they're not, mm. they're just doing that so that we support it. They're not doing it because they actually feel that they deserve the credit right. for what they bring to the story. They don't feel like they're contributing the level that um, maybe some of their male white counterparts are yeah. viewed as contributing, even though that's, of course, Which is not the case. Bull. Yeah, oh. we have enough male stories. That's messed up, guys. I know. Um, messed up. Yeah, I guess we can transition into one of my hot takes, which actually Kira discussed over here, was uh, Sam Smith discussing that he is now... Yeah. Or they are that now thing. using the pronouns they them i already messed yeah, up hero but of the week. Mm-hmm, this was news that broke and i actually saw it on twitter because there's an associated press article that was reporting on this and all throughout the article they had said uh he is now using they them pronouns oh, he geez. he and it's they didn't even consciously try to address the fact that Sam Smith is now using uh, non-binary Wait, really pronouns. Mm-hmm. I mean, how did me, no one catch that? Surprising. I know it was honestly pretty embarrassing for the Associated Press. Yeah, um, but I think it's great for they to um, come out as non-binary. They had said that they. I'm already struggling, but um, they no. Said it's very that, hard, but I think the conscious mm-hmm. effort is very much appreciated. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's difficult when, especially somebody like Sam Smith, you're so used to using pronouns right. such as he, and now you have to transition mm-hmm. to they, them. But mm-hmm. they had said that they were not going to comment on um, all the details of why they have decided mm-hmm. to come out as non-binary, but that they would like to be referred to in this way. So I thought that was really powerful. They got a lot of support. Um, it wasn't something I was expecting. I just thought they were a gay man, which was great, but um, I'm interested to see how this all unfolds and they begin to share their story. Well, and Sam, a part of the reason why I, I love Sam Smith so much is because they have always been very open and honest about who they are. Mm-hmm. And to do that on such a platform 
is with all the public scrutiny that you can get from that um, is extremely brave and powerful and shining light to something that needs to be part of the conversation more and bring more understanding too. So that is why they are my hero of the week. Big fan of Sam Smith. Right. And they had also said that it is difficult for people to transition to using non-binary pronouns and they understand that it's not going to happen overnight, but Mm -hmm. as long as um, people are making the conscious effort to use these pronouns when referring to them, I think that's going to be really powerful. And they are one of the few celebrities that I know of that is out as non-binary. So I'm very interested to see... How yeah, this there's not goes. a lot. Yeah, very impressive. There, there aren't many others, I think, that I, I can't mm. really think of many other people except for Sam Smith. Yeah, It's even difficult referring to some trans people as, by the correct pronouns. I remember when Caitlyn Jenner had first come out as Caitlyn from Bruce. Mm. I had so much difficulty transitioning. It's hard when you yeah. go from one pronoun or one gender to another not that it was a There's choice a transition but phase the, for everybody the, yeah, yeah the decision to be referred to by their actual gender it's been it's difficult especially when you're a public figure so i'm very right. interested to see how they handle this i'm interested to see how the media handles it hopefully they do better than the associated press did with that article reporting on it yeah, just SMU's not even associated trying press. Yeah, it yeah. was uh, pretty embarrassing. It was kind of funny who, on Twitter. How somebody mess that but up? Exactly. You're reporting on the fact that they are using these pronouns and not yeah. using them. Do better. Like, who's your editor? But, Dude. Right. It was kind well, of funny, but also sad. No, I, I think that's pretty messed up. Um, mm-hmm. But thank you, Sam Smith. Love and kindness. Patience. We appreciate your bravery on a public scale. Mm-hmm. Jackie, I know that you've been wanting to talk about Meghan Markle for like two weeks, so please share your what's yeah. going on with you and Meghan Markle at this time. Well, based, so Meghan and I are in a really good place. However, well, because of this, I feel that people need to stop being so mean to Meghan Markle about yes. everything. I mean, I'm tired of it. And it's been going on for I just so long. so much scrutiny. So I just hate this, like, mommy shaming, and just, like, sh- this woman can't catch a break. Like, she goes to the U.S. Open, she goes, t- she comes to New York for, like, a total of 48 hours, and they're like, why aren't you with your baby? Like, as if, you know, her husband isn't capable. As if capable. no other mother or, has like, ever left or, their child Yeah, as if no night. other mother, exactly. And I also want to point out that Queen Elizabeth, when she first became queen, left her children. Or I think she was still, like, not the queen yet. I think her father was still alive. She went on a royal tour for six months, and her children did not come with her, and she left her children for six months to do a tour around the world with her husband. And I'm like, no one is talking about. That. I don't Different know. I just time. Think, oh, the, the hypocrisy. The now. hypocrisy. Yeah, the hypocrisy is just unbelievable. It's. I mean, people are just like racist, also. So people need to leave her alone mm-hmm. and be nice yeah. to her and um, let her live her life. Be like, nice to Meghan so Markle. Yeah, she really is. Um, I think. Uh, I just think she's great. I just like want to say, Megan, we love you. Come on the show. <laughs> yes, stop. I also wonder if she's getting. <laughs> If she's getting more scrutiny because she's in less of a position of power versus somebody like Kate or the Queen, no. um, 
But Maybe. because think about it this way, uh, Harry and Meghan are never going to become king and queen. So they are more public figures than uh, William and Kate, so to speak. So I wonder if that has to do with it. I also think there are definitely some racial undertones, which is really upsetting at this day and age. But another thing to remember is that when Diana was the princess and she was doing quote-unquote normal things with their children taking them out rather than having the nanny take them out and playing with them um at the time she had gotten a lot of scrutiny and now she is um america's sweetheart almost not even britain's sweetheart like america's sweetheart everybody loves princess diana now um so i think maybe i'm hopeful that people are going to come around to loving megan because she is honestly a great human she's very philanthropic and generous and so sweet like i love seeing interviews with her and harry um so i'm hopeful that the british people are are nicer to her in the future i i think um re where they stand in terms of the throne i don't think that that's why they get more scrutiny i think that that should be why they would get less like they would have more scrutiny for will and kate but i think because of where they stand maybe megan feels she can be more not follow royal standards Mm -hmm. whereas kate Mm -hmm. has very much you know at the time when kate and will got engaged everyone was like wow he's marrying a commoner but if you look at kate she's very much fit right into that royal standards those royal vibes because Mm -hmm. she has not done much to uh shatter the mold so to say whereas megan has tried to question and push the bounds of what is allowed and required from a royal family which again it's 2019 like it's not my country but i'm just saying like we can move on from some of these stiff royal standards so i i do think that that is more why and the race thing 100 percent, it's a race thing you have kate who's this gorgeous white totally looks like she should be a princess and then you have megan for a country like britain where they don't really have to deal with race the same way that america does um coming out and being part of the royal family it's it's a pretty big deal so yeah i think megan is really bringing up a lot of important issues and discussions for england um but yeah some of the comments and shame that people throw at her are 100% uncalled for and people need to reflect on themselves before they project that onto other people especially the mommy shaming stuff I was like guys yeah what kind of parents are you let her go to the U.S. Open like the baby's fine yeah the baby has seven nannies I'm sure yeah the baby is well taken care of baby is a prince so yeah well technically he doesn't have a title so I don't know like is he a prince I don't know won't he be a prince right or no? I mean, I guess I don't like, think he has a title. Well, they have. Well, they have to give him some sort of title. Well, I don't no, think so because, because he's so far in line for the throne. I think he doesn't have one. Well, no, he. It's just that. So he. Okay, Princess so they Eugenie. chose to not give him a title. So, so he would be a prince, although he is not because Harry and Meghan chose to not give him a royal title. So I don't think oh. when he's, like, older, he won't be referred to as his royal highness. So actually, the queen's daughter, Princess Anne, the princess royal... Sorry, I, like, know too much about these people, but no, she, please, her kids... It. This is the the queen's daughter's kids. They don't have titles. 
so I think her she has two kids and I don't know if their name it's there's a boy and a girl well they're adults like a man and a woman and um like I can't remember but they I don't remember their names but they don't have titles like they're not their royal highness anything they're not princess Mm. or prince anything they would be but she chose to not give her kids titles or to give them so yeah so i think they've they've foregone that so i don't think archie mountbatten or archie harrison what's his name archie harrison he's not like his royal highness anything Mm. and i think when like he's older he'll just be referred to as like Mr. Like what? Yeah, I don't know. Like what they'll call him, <laughs> whatever. Like, right. well, whatever cool they'll call him. Part. Yeah. So um, I don't think. Yeah. So he won't have a. He doesn't have a title. I guess I was thinking like Princess Beatrice and Eugenie. They're both. But that's the cousins of mm-hmm. Will and Harry, and they are have titles. But that's because their parents that, chose. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. They could have like said they they could have said no, but they didn't want to. They're like also no, Jackie. We're just I would love to do. Titles. A whole episode on breaking down like Princess Anne and some of the underrated royal family members because Princess Anne yeah, is whoa. so cool. She's like so, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The Princess royal, royal, her Royal Highness. <laughs> yeah, her Royal Highness, Princess Anne, <laughs> the prin- gets her own episode. So yeah, also like, her style. Cool. We'll talk beyond. about it. Yeah, her what? Um, her style. She oh, had yeah. great fashion sense, in my opinion. Yeah, it was a real well, moment in the seventies. Yeah, amazing. Um. All right, some very interesting hot takes this week. Yeah. Um, Let's transition into our retake segment where we reflect on the past week's episode and uh, address some things we'd like to alter, change, uh, rephrase. Jackie, take it away because I know your Mary Berry situation you need to address. Yeah, so um, Ma- I know that I've realized that Mary Berry's name is is not Mary Berry, if that wasn't clear. Like, I don't think that totally this woman, fine. like, on her birth certificate says Mary Berry. Her full name is <laughs> Mary Rosa Aline Hunnings, so I just, like, her name isn't Mary Berry. Also, if you I know, said you know. that I, if you don't know, now you know. Also, I think I said last week that I would totally go on The Bachelor if Peter Krause, or like I would watch it if like Peter, I if Peter was understand. The Bachelor. And I didn't, because yes. I, I don't watch The Bachelor. So the only Peter I know is Peter Krause, yes. not Hannah's Peter. So I would I not watch The Bachelor if it was Hannah's Peter. I mm. met Peter Krause. Like, Listening back, I, I didn't hear you in distinction. That I yeah yeah this yeah this I was like dang it I didn't I like forgot that there was another Peter because there's only one Peter for me yeah (laughs) I was like oh Um, I know exactly I know how much you love Rachel's Peter Peter and listening back when I heard you say that I was like oh she means her blue-eyed Peter (laughs) yeah with the with that beautiful gap in between his two front teeth I love it I also Um, agree though if that Peter were the bachelor you should go on I should go on. <laughs> yeah. We'll uh, nominate you. Also, yeah, please. Also, it costs 2.6 cents to make a penny, not 2.2. So even Thank worse. Thank you for the fact check. It, we lose more money. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then just a little more serious. I want to clarify, like, I feel like I made El Salvador, which is like where my family's from, like sound like a country, like where like danger is like lurking, like in all corners. And it's not like things are bad in certain places, but like. I feel like overall, like the the violence is like in like concentrated like in between like gang members and like the people that like unfortunately live like in those like gang controlled areas. 
but I think like as a whole like I think like for people that are like visiting and tourists like when we go back like we've never had any issues like I don't worry about like going out I feel like I made it sound I don't know I just don't like want it to come across as like me being like I might get carjacked because you won't that's just not gonna happen but like if you're in a gang controlled area like the bad things like can happen and like the point happen. was america um, sucks and is not safe so you're fine yeah basically but yeah so i don't want to like i just didn't want it i don't want to like over generalize and like oversimplify yeah. like the complexities of like central america anyway mm, so those are my nice. retakes amazing cool jen do you have yeah. any retakes um i think i'm just working on being a little bit more concise and uh i'm already messing up concise and having more well thought out uh remarks um as a podcaster it is also difficult when we're not all in the same room podcasting yes and I also just need to be a little bit more careful about some of the things I bring up on the pod that affect other people and I'll just leave it at that amazing (laughs) um yeah I mean me kind of the same as Jen I think last week uh I was kind of rushing back to be home in time to record and was not very grounded and didn't really prepare for the pod. And we were kind of like, oh, I can tell my energy is like very high and whatnot. And just, I think it's still trying to get used to speaking into a mic and being very conscious of the fact that we are recording and uh, saying some things where I'm like, I don't think I would typically say that if it wasn't for the fact that I was like feeling off because we're recording um but yeah I mean I think this is only episode five so I think we're still just getting more settled and navigating um all the nuances of what it means to record long distance and still figuring out the structure and um what we want to talk about and discuss on the pod so Mm -hmm. yeah I just want to going forward be more prepared and grounded before recording so that I had a lot of vulnerability pod hangover last week, a lot of anxiety when the pod went up. I don't even know that vulnerability is the right word. Maybe it's more like an accountability hangover where I was like, why did I say the F word so many times? Why did I? Whatnot. It's all good. Just a little pod grit. But that's why we have retake now. It's not a family show, so it's fine. It's not a family show, no. Except my my mom does listen, so So it's my family show. Um. But yeah, I like that we have started this retake segment where we can uh, just clarify things that we say because it, sometimes in the moment when we're working on a timeline, it's hard to say everything we want to say clearly. Um, and it's out there for everyone to hear, so that's a little scary. Yeah. But yeah, I think this episode was a bit more um, clear, concise. I think we were all grounded and... Um, I feel like every time we record, we're getting better and better. So I'm excited to see what next week holds. Yeah, um, thank you guys. Moving. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's all fun and already fulfilling the energy that we're putting into this. So mm-hmm. thank you guys all for listening again. And one another reminder to please follow us on social media at instagram at her take podcast and twitter at her take pod um we want to hear your thoughts on these topics and also other topics that you want us to discuss so please connect with us there we can't wait to talk to you again next week 
Am mm-hmm. I missing anything, ladies? Or is that... I think that we're all set. We're all good. We're Thank all you guys for listening. Yeah, Thank thanks, you guys. guys. Love and light this week. Pour into yourself is the mantra. Adios. Bye. Ciao, ciao. Bye.